Hello, and welcome to my podcast, The Balancing Act. My name is Abby Osinoff, and I am a 22-year-old girl living in New York with a passion about health, wellness, food, nutrition. You say it, I've probably had an interest in it. Um, But I really want this podcast to just be a place that people can come to and listen and see that they're not alone in their journey whether it is eating disorder recovery, body image struggles, or just any lack of mindfulness or anything that causes disruption in your everyday life, mental, physical. I want this to be a place where we can share experiences and I can give my input based on my experiences. I just want to give a few disclaimers that I am not a medical professional. I am Recently graduated from my undergrad in human development and family studies. I have done my first year of studies, first portion year of my studies um, in dietetics and took the transition over to the more social science, social work aspect of the field with the hopes of becoming a recovery coach and a licensed clinical social worker. I'm currently in the process of starting grad school for my MSW, so a lot of good things are coming my way, and I'll be able to gain more knowledge that I will be able to share with you guys. So without further ado, I do want to, again, give a disclaimer that I will be talking about my personal eating disorder recovery. Um, I will put timestamps in the description below on the sections that may be triggering, whether I'm talking about my own habits or just my experience in general. So it really all starts when I was eight years old and started in gymnastics. I was a gymnast for around eight years, 10 years cumulatively, um, but from the span of third grade to 10th grade, I was a competitive gymnast and it has definitely been some of the best years of my life. I mean, making the friends that I did, having the experience and the phys- the athleticism, to say the least, has been extraordinary and has gone to me, gotten me to where I am today with what I do <laughs> in terms of fitness and health. But my body image struggles, which is going to be a main focus of today's podcast and just giving you guys a glimpse of my history, it really all started in gymnastics and being with a bunch of other girls my age, prepubescent, like, (laughs) children, um, as you grow up through the years doing a sport with the same group of people and coaches, especially in such a vulnerable state, you get to see the transitions you guys make into adolescence and later young adulthood but the progression from being young and never thinking about my body or how I looked or felt into entering a society that is so heavily focused on your appearance and aesthetics you definitely start to take on some of the poor relationships with your body um, as you navigate the sport. So just from having my coach say stuff to me, I knew I was always 
different than the other girls, not worse, just different. I was a larger gymnast in terms of gymnastics. Um, I was broader. I had a more muscular frame. And compared to the other girls, I stood out. So it was always something that my coach would point out to me, which over the years you recognize that that will impact somebody, especially at such a vulnerable age. So as I got older, I became more aware of my body and that I looked different and was told stuff from other girls and my coaches that I wasn't good enough and that I didn't deserve to take up space in the sport and just in general. Um, So as I got older, I would say around when I was 14, I had a physical and I weighed in just as any um, young girl does at the doctor for a physical, whether it's for sleepaway camp or just entering high school the following year. Um, I got on the scale and the doctor had said to me that I had gained a significant amount of weight for my from the last year um and she wanted to do a lab test for my urine to see if there's any sugar in there test for diabetes which I had never thought of before again I had been aware of my body image at that point but it wasn't to the point that it would get to so I did the urine test. I had no signs of diabetes or any irregularities that stood out to the doctor or my family. So I left the doctor thinking that I was less than, that that I stuck out like a sore thumb, that she felt like she had to do something about my health. Now, I'm not here to say that the doctor was in the wrong or that she shouldn't have taken this step to make sure that I was healthy. I mean, of course, that's what you want for your children and your clients. You want them to be healthy. But I took this as she called me out for something. She called me out because my weight, so my weight must be the problem. So I started, once I quit gymnastics, let me start there. I joined our local CrossFit gym. My parents are both members of the local gym and I was like this is a perfect transition for me to go from gymnastics into CrossFit and weightlifting like this is the perfect alley I already have my foundation for gymnastics and the strength so let me give it a try I fell in love with it instantly it was love at first sight I don't know if you believe in that but after experiencing this I definitely do so I started doing CrossFit consistently and I just found a love and craving for this sport. So something that my gym did was a nutrition challenge. We did, as you guys may have heard of, the Whole30, which is a 30-day, it's claimed to be a lifestyle change. In reality, yes, it is a fad diet. And if you're not familiar with Whole30, it is a 30-day time frame where you are cutting out different food groups. So what you're basically eating is fruits, veggies, nuts and seeds, some fruit, little starch, and no sugar. So it cuts out processed foods, it cuts out grains, it cuts out sugar, legumes, 
Um, and pretty much everything that adds happiness into <laughs> a um, diet on a daily basis. So I did this. We put money down and we joined the challenge and I did it for a month and I felt like I was the best thing on earth. I felt superior. I felt that I'm better than everybody because I have this, I have the motivation and ability to say no to foods that are bad say no to foods that are dirty and will make you unhealthy, which we have come to learn that was all a very unhealthy and skewed, disordered mindset. So I did this challenge, and I ended up losing around 15 pounds in the first month. I saw those results, and I said, wow, I'm going to keep doing this. So for the following months after that, I continued to do it. I lost probably around 30, no, not 30 pounds, like 25 pounds um, throughout the whole thing. And the following year, I went back to the doctor and step on the scale the same, just as I did a year or two prior. And she said, wow, you lost a lot of weight. How, how did you do that? And I looked at her in the eyes and I was proud and I said, I did the Whole30 diet, and I lost this weight, and I did CrossFit, and I just sat there thinking like that teenager to the doctor, thinking that they're going to think the world of me now, like I'm trying to impress them. Um, and so she looked at me, she was like, so like, what's included in this diet? And I was like, well, I cut out dairy, I cut out grains, I cut out sugar, no processed foods, anything with more than five ingredients, blah, 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 the whole shebang. She looks at me and she goes, you're calcium deficient. And I was like, as, as the 15 or 16 year old I am, I looked at her and I said, you didn't do a test on me. How would you know? Um, so that kind of there started me looking into nutrition and getting more fascinated by it and like claims by health professionals and like just the whole system together. I was like, oh, I don't believe her now. Like, how could she? Whatever. So... That really sparked me to go even further with it. I got the validation from the doctor and I got the praise. So now we're about, I'm about 16 at this point. From my time being 16 to 18, I would say, my relationship with food would go up and down. I would be stable for a lot of the time, but I was always very aware of my diet and what I was eating. I had a lot of food guilt and a lot of food rules. Um, but it didn't turn into actively, um, well, how would you describe it? Actively participating in disordered eating behaviors. Of course, it was still a disordered eating mindset and restrictive, but it didn't get to the point where it was a diagnosable eating disorder. So as I started to go through high school and, I mean, all these changes are going on. You're making new friends. You are doing harder classes. You have more commitments. You start working for the first time. You know, you get a new lifestyle than you did when you were in middle school and beginning of high school. And this will continue on till 
indefinitely. So I was active in CrossFit still. I did track for a little bit. Um, I threw for that. And I put a lot of my plate going from track practice to throwing and being a um, alternate alternate for the sprint, 55-meter sprint, which I still cannot believe I did to this day. Um, and I would go to CrossFit after that. I would burn myself out and I would limit my food intake. I would either limit my food intake or I would say, you know what, screw this. I'm just going to eat whatever I want. Like I was good today. So I had a lot of that diet talk, diet culture talk. I'm good. I'm bad. I'm defining myself and my value by the foods that I put into my body. And while I'm doing this, I am judging others for not taking the same responsibility or same pathways that I am in terms of nutrition and physical exercise. So I was about a senior in high school when I started going downhill in terms of my body image and nutrition. I was committed to college for dietetics and I knew I wanted to be a registered dietitian but as I've grown older this has probably been like probably five six years ago I know that I didn't want to do it for the right reasons I wanted to do it because I thought that there was a moral obligation for people to be healthy and participate in the wellness world whether it's fitness or nutrition and I felt that I had to spread the message that you have to commit yourself to a healthy lifestyle or you are not as worthy or not even that it was because I didn't have those things where like I thought less of people but I had those those biases those implicit biases that we all have and society will pretty much always have. I mean, it's inevitable to have people sharing and preaching their own beliefs. And it's just, I mean, as much as I would love a world that didn't, it's just not really as feasible at this moment in time. But sorry if I'm going off track, but I started hyper-focusing on my body image. And this is something that I never really shared with people up front. I have done a lot of healing myself, but I want to be able to share my story and help others. So this is going to be the time around 15 minutes and 12 seconds I'm going to start talking about my disordered eating habits and... um a trigger warning to anybody who does not want to hear about it or I just making this clear. (laughs) Um, So I was, I remember in senior year of high school was the first time that I tried to make myself throw up after eating. I remember I was in art class and I would go to the bathroom all the way in the basement of the school and I would stay there after lunch and I would try to throw up the remains of what I could after eating. This was 
one of the darkest moments within high school, something that I never shared or even don't even think I've ever vocalized, but this was really the start of learning that this was a strategy, the purging aspect that I could eliminate what I have done, the quote unquote damage that I had presumed that eating would be, um, that I could get rid of that and I could undo it. So this went on not very often, I would say just a handful of times throughout high school. Um, Entering my freshman year of college, I was so excited. I had the best of friends at the school. Um, I went in with my now like my soulmate, my sister, my roommate, my college freshman year roommate, and all the years to come of college. She deserves everything in the world for putting up with me. I was a lot at the time. Um, and I was extremely emotionally unstable. So freshman year started my severe issues with food and body image and I was pretty much not functional in the college setting. I did what I had to do in terms of education. I was a victim of chemistry in college. That was my Oh my gosh, I hated everything about that. I hated the lab setting. I thought it was too intense and overwhelming and it was not the right fit for me. As much as I want to do dietetics, I had to really dig down deep and say, is this worth the pain and the suffering that I'm going through now to go through this for another four years plus my internship in grad school? I decided to pull the plug on that and I said, you know what, I'm going to switch to something else that I'm similar in that I can still pursue health and wellness in, um, as a career option somehow. So I switched majors thinking that this would be the savior. This would get me out of this horrific mindset and stress. It did not. It did relieve my anxiety when it came to academics, but when it came to me, I started having more time to focus on, oh, what, what's what do I look like how do I feel rather than focusing on chemistry and the homework and all those mind tap things that I'm gonna have to do for homework and get it done by like 1 a.m like 12 a.m every night so I had a lot of time to now focus on myself and compare myself to the 5,000 other people that went to this school so my relationship with food plummeted it absolutely plummeted. People know the common eating disorders that they hear. They hear of anorexia nervosa. They hear of bulimia nervosa. They hear of binge eating, restrictive um, eating. They hear of ARFID. They hear of all of these different eating disorders and diagnoses. But to experience one is something that I don't wish upon my worst enemy. I remember every day of the last few months of my freshman year, of my first semester of my freshman year, I was diagnosed with bulimia. And the thing with bulimia is in many common 
diagnose people with these, this diagnosis, it is known as a binge and a purge disorder. So people are taking in large amounts of food and they are eliminating it from their body, whether that is diet pills, whether it is laxatives, whether it is vomiting or regurgitating rumination of the food. I would restrict my food, which is how I was diagnosed with anorexia and bulimia at the same time. I was throwing up pretty much stomach vile, stomach bile, excuse me. I was not eating and I was, what I was eating, I was still purging. I was taking tens of trips to the bathroom a day, things that I can't even imagine myself doing at this state of my life. Um, so this really started the severity of my disorder eating and finding counselors and consoling in my mother after winter break. And this was right when COVID was happening. So this was fall of 2019 into spring of 2020. And I remember going back to school and I had told my mom right before I went back to school. So I'm now working with a dietitian and a therapist and I am doing pretty much outpatient treatment with her. I'm doing food logs. I am doing so much <laughs> just to um, prove to my counselors and doctors and parents that I can be successful in school and I can go there and work on my nutrition. I can get back to where I was. I can stop these harmful habits and I can work towards bettering my mental health and being able to thrive at school. So after going through all of that, I'm still in therapy at this point. I come back home from spring break and we never go back to school. Um, they say, we're going to move everything online. And I say, okay, I'm, it's going to be my time to heal. And with everything for healing and going through hard times, you're going to have times where you want to revert back to your old habits. And that's exactly what happened. I was sneaky. I didn't accept it or admit the fact that I was still in a very, very dark place. Um, I had severe body dysmorphia. I couldn't accept the fact that my body looked how it did and felt how it did. I was in a trance 24-7. All I could think about was my body. I Something would bother me and it would be a downhill cycle from there. I wouldn't be functioning. I'd be in tears for hours. All that went around my head was, how does my body look? What food am I going to eliminate today? Like, how little can I eat and still be able to go through life? And at this point, I'm still doing CrossFit. I'm doing weightlifting. I had been competing in CrossFit at this point, and I'm still undernourishing myself. I am still restricting to try to get to the smallest version of myself. So this all collectively I kept going to therapy for, and I don't know about 
I mean, I'm sure, and I know that this is very similar amongst everybody, that you are in denial. Not saying you're in denial of your issues, but you're in denial of the fact that you can get better. You are thinking, how can I ever get out of this mindset? Like, you're telling me that I just have to not think about my body. Like, how is that going to work? That's not going to work. You can't just shut off my brain. Like, like I don't, I'm not going to stop thinking about it, take 10 deep breaths and do all these coping skills and strategies that you've shown me. Like, that. that's all bullshit. How, how would that change me? And as ignorant as this sounds, as a teenager and young adult talking to a licensed professional who has gone through years and years and years of schooling to be able to tell me this information and have peer-reviewed research to show me that this is accurate information, I said, no, there's no way that I will ever get better. And boy, was she wrong, and I'm so happy to be able to say that. Um, It hurts. The work hurts. It is painful. It is brutal. There is nothing pretty about it, about recovery. It is a beautiful thing, but while you are in it, the last thing you want to describe it as is beautiful. The feelings you get, the emotions you encounter, it is the hardest thing. But what's harder than recovery is still being in your disordered mindset. It is still being actively an active participant in these disordered eating habits, the restriction, the rules, the body image struggles, the pain, the lack of self-esteem. Nothing is more painful than that. And I can confidently say years later that making the transition into recovery was the biggest blessing of my life. And I'm not a religious person, and I will say this, that was the greatest blessing I have ever had, being able to see it from the outside and continuously work and make myself uncomfortable. I, there's no better thing. So that's a little bit of my story. Um, I know I've been ranting about this for about 30 minutes almost now, so... I hope to spread and shine some light on the situation and have people open up and connect and talk to each other about these issues. I mean, it's not something that's, it's a taboo topic, but it's not an uncommon topic. And upsetting as that is to say out loud that there's so many people that experience it that I wish nobody ever had to go through this stuff. I mean, it's, it's the reality of the world we live in and I look forward to sharing how I managed to get out of that rut and become more mindful and find and create radical acceptance for everything that I perceive as a flaw in myself and I am so excited to finally be starting this podcast and I Hope you learned something about me and I, if you can relate in any way, please reach out. I have my socials down below. Let me know what you think and any other ideas you would like me to talk about. I am so open to suggestions and I will see you guys in my next episode. Bye.